Hey everyone, it's Wilkin Asmaton here, the Leadership Talks host, and today I have Bruce Jordan as our repeat guest. Welcome to the show, Bruce. Hey, what's going on? How you doing, Wilkin? Long time no see. Long time no see. Since that nice um, recording that we did in Philly, huh? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We knocked it out of the park that day. After that one, I was like, my colleagues were telling me, it was like, Wilka, you're heading to Hollywood. I'm like, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, Bruce, um, happy uh, February, happy Black History Month, and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. So, Bruce, let's talk in, uh, about this, you know, really fine topic that is Black Excellence in Hospitality. It's my new series here at the podcast. And you came to my mind, right, as the top, 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 top of my mind. And I wanted to hear from you. What is leadership for you uh, and in Black Excellence? If you can talk to us about that. Leadership for me is responsibility. It's about making sure that everyone is taken care of, especially your employees. Um, it's not about giving demands and commands. It's about making sure that you're able to, to service your employees so they're able to service the guests. Um, the better that you take care of your employees, um, the better that they're going to service the guests. Now, of course, not all employees can fit, fit your culture, but the ones that can, um, you want to make sure that you take care of. I tell people all the time, um, I, I take care of the best and I let the best take care of the rest. And what that means is that too, for, for too long, we, we spend too much um, time on the wrong employees thinking that if we give them more time and more dedication, that they're going to get better. And meanwhile, we have superstars that we ignore completely. So what I do is I just spend my most of my time on my superstars and I let my superstars spend their time on bringing the employees up to par so that it's a smooth selling ship. And what is a superstar employee? Since you got to that point, I want to hear from you in your eyes. Man, a superstar employee is, is an employee that will run circles around even me half the time. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're a rare find. Um, and when you do find them, you got to make sure that you, that you take care of them because they can go anywhere. You know, they can go anywhere and be a star, uh, but they choose to be with you. So Excellent. And... A little bit, um, you know, your opinion about the Black History Month and, you know, Black excellence in hospitality, because I know, you know, for myself, being a Latina in the field, you know, oftentimes when I was on property, I was like the only one sitting at that board meeting, um, you know, and just uh, I want to hear your experience and how it has been. Well, being Black in the hospitality industry is actually an advantage because no one sees you coming. Um, the, the greatest thing you could be is underestimated. And because by the time they realize what you've done, you know, you don't took all their market share, you don't took all their customers and, and you know, you just you just walk through the door like like nothing happened. Like, hey, <laughs> but a lot of times I'm, I'm usually the only only Black one in the meeting. Um, and the reason why is because they know that I deserve to be there because if I'm in that meeting, that means I'm nine times out of ten, I'm usually uh, number one or number two. I'm 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 the best there because being who we are, 
you can't be average and make it to the top. It just doesn't happen. And what does it mean being number one or number two for, you know, your eyes as well? Because, you know, for me, um, being a Latina woman, right, in the hospitality industry, and it's always, you know, oftentimes, I must say, uh, it's a little nerve wracking, right? You're sitting, um, you're the only one that looks like you and talks like you. And uh, to get like, for me, like to get my point across sometimes is like, okay, uh, do you understand what I mean? And, you know, like, how is it for you? Uh, and what does it mean to be, you know, the best being in number one? Being number one means no one is able to whoop my ass. That's, <laughs> what, <laughs> that's what being number one is. I can go to anyone's market, anyone's industry, anyone's market segment and knock them out of the park within a year or less. That's uh that's what usually happens and and that's why I'm usually number one. I, I usually increase revenues by 100, 200, 300% uh most of the time. So I'm I'm usually the best in the market, if if not better, especially when it when it comes to the star reports. I'm usually, you know, either number one or number two when it comes wow. to like a C or Rev Far. So Wow, wow, Bruce. So yeah, I think for me, you know, always uh, one of the topics that I like to to mention to people is you got to be creative, but also, right, the sales and the operations team, they need to be flowing on the same vibe, right? Do you have, um, have you experienced any challenge being a Black man in the industry and, you know, GMs or management, managing, you know, a certain team? Um, yeah, it usually happens in the, in the beginning, um, cause people aren't used to seeing, um, people of color, um, in leadership. I, I never forget one day that, um, I was, uh, I was managing this hotel and the, the, the lady, um, a uh, Karen, you know, Karen was like, I want to speak to the, um, to, to the general manager. When I told her, you know, at that time I was the general manager when I told her I'm the general manager. She says, I want to speak to the owner then. In other words, she just didn't want to talk to me. <laughs> and I had a I had a I had a guy from India. He worked for me um part-time at the front desk. So I, I I simply just walked her over to the guy from India and I said, listen, um, this this lady has some questions for you. Um, please make sure she's taken care of. And because he was Indian, this Karen automatically assumed he was the owner. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so it worked out perfectly. <laughs> wow. But she she was taken care of in the end of the day, right? There you go. There you go. So that's wow. that's the that's the advantage. You know, you, you have those little advantages of being black. So <laughs> yeah, actually I think uh also I've you know experienced that before, especially you know, through COVID and 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 so on. People, you know, coming to me and be like, what are you saying? I was like, please, I'm speaking your language. Don't act like you don't understand, right? So oh, yeah. sometimes I think, you know, everywhere in your journey, right, in this uh, hospitality field that we are, people sometimes will try to give you, you know, the, the run around and, you know, try to make you feel undermined or, you know, how do you overcome that? Um, because for me, uh, you know, also is really, 
it was, you know, a cultural adjustment, to be honest, because I would feel so bad, man. I would like cry, you know, like and be like, oh my gosh, people cannot understand what I'm saying. Or, you know, if I'm sitting, you know, like in a budget meeting, people are like looking at me, like, why is she giving me all of this explanation to get to the numbers, right? And I was mm -hmm. like, because that's how I work. <laughs> I explain myself. You know, my train of thought is like this. So have you um, experienced something similar? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, um, you know, especially with my personality, I'm, I'm extremely animated. Um, and I and I love and I'm a practical joker. So I, I, I love making people laugh. And uh, for, for some people, that's not as professional as they want things to be. But at the end of the day, like even whether you're work at home, you should never be miserable. And um, laughter and comedy makes everyone, you know, it lightens up the room. Everybody feels more comfortable and they feel more at, at ease. So, you know, it's a, that's the thing that uh, they, they think like, okay, well, he's Eddie Murphy or he's Mark Lawrence. And it's just, I'm just trying to make the, the crowd feel more comfortable so that they're more open um, when, when we're conversating inside of a meeting. So sometimes they feel that that's not as profession, professional as they like it, but it, it, it's helped me out a lot in my career in, in the long run. You know, I think uh, for me, also the, the culture um, aspect, like, you know, when I come, I hug people, you know, I'm a very hugging person. And there was one time I remember in Baltimore, I had this guest. I was like, oh, hi, good to see you. And, you know, I actually did it. I came like to approach, like he giving him a handshake. And he's like, excuse me, I'm not comfortable with that. And I'm like, okay, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm invading your personal space. You know, that's not what I mean. But uh, to that, you know, I wanted to bring the diversity, right? And inclusion that you hear a lot lately. Um, what do you think? What is your thoughts, Bruce, in the hospitality? Is this uh, coming to stay? Are you seeing for this past, you know, let's say three years, more of a diverse culture in the hotels industry. Yeah, the, the, what's weird is that when I uh, when I first started off, I started off at, at a Hyatt, and I was used to seeing diversity, um, especially in that time because it was an urban town. So, like the general manager, um, he was black. Um, the controller, he was from um, Honduras. So it was you had a very diverse um, executive team. So we were really comfortable with, with each other. Like I can go to him and say, hey man, you probably want to look out for this because if, if we do this the wrong way, it's going to affect this. And they will they will take the advice that I'm giving them as me looking out for them, me trying to protect them. When I when I when I when I left the height and I went into like a boardroom or executive team that wasn't as diverse. And I and I give them these warnings like, hey, look out for this, look out for that. They were they would take it as me trying to attack them. So I think um, I think uh, that was the the biggest deal for me when it comes to diversity is that uh, I if had I started off in the boardroom uh, that didn't have a lot of diversity, uh, I probably would have been better off, made it a lot further in my career because I would have knew that hey they're going to take this a little differently than someone who's more cultured um 
and a little bit more open-minded when it comes to uh, come to the workforce and more diverse. I think uh, diversity has definitely come a much uh, a longer longer way than before. But I still look at some of these management companies, and I still look at some of these um, these uh, franchises, and I look at their board of directors, their C CEOs, and CFOs and COOs and I, I'm, I still see that there's a, a little bit of a challenge there. Um, like, for instance, uh, Marriott is doing a, a great job because um, when you look at their 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 board of executives, you see diversity. Um, Wyndham has come a long way, um, even though they're, they still got a little ways to go. So, you know, it's it's definitely some changes coming down the pipeline, but man, it... Uh, it really needs they really need to, to step up their game because this is what happens when you're not diverse when people don't see that they can climb the ladder what they're going to do is they're just going to create their own ladder that they can climb and now you're 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 someone that should be working with you is now your competition so that's the downside of not having diversity you're you're literally creating your own competition. You're you're training and creating your own competition to compete against you. Wow, that is so so true. You know, I actually when I moved to New York from Maryland back, you know, ten years ago, I sat in this uh, interview process with the owners of this um, chain of hotels in Manhattan. They were Chinese. Mm -hmm. So Bruce. I was freaking out. Like my, I I was sweating. I was going like, I was really, really nervous, you know, because I wanted to work in the city, but I didn't have any experience, you know? And one of the questions they asked me was like, why you're moving from Maryland, you know, to New York? And I'm like, well, at the time it was a personal reason. And, you know, I said to him, well, for me, honestly, you know, I moved here from Brazil. So I came here for an internship to grow my career. So moving one state to another, it doesn't really have a big impact on me and my professional, you know, achievements. Because what I am driven to is I want to be where the opportunities are, right? And back in, you know, 10 years ago, I thought that was New York City. So... Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I thought that was it because of all of that we hear, you know, New York is so diverse, which it really is, you know, you can find many different cultures, but I was so nervous because I had all of these Asian owners talking to me and in the end, you know, they were like, okay, you sound nice. Uh, you know, you, you answer, everything was fine, but uh, let me just tell you something. If you move here, you start this, you have three months and you don't show me the money, I'm going to let you go. Do you understand? And I was like, yes, sir. <laughs> 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 but, you know, the way they, they they put it out to me, it was really direct, you know, and I took that into, into heart. And of course, you know, I started the position and my general manager, um, Andre, was an African-American, is an African-American guy. I haven't talked to him in a while and I hope he's doing well and listening to this. Uh, but, you know, I think the diversity definitely, you know, back in my background, I also, I long for the organizations that definitely have this uh, diversity in their 
embedded in their culture. Um, but I wanted to talk to you also about this new trend, right, of uh, accommodations that we see, short-term rentals and long-term rentals, you know, especially after this pandemic that we lived, people are, you know, often going to um, looking into long-term stays and so forth. What is your thoughts um, as a Black man uh, using, taking advantage as a guest, not as a owner or a hotelier? Well, you know, that whole concept, um, short-term rentals, like someone will rent out a room of a house or someone will rent out their, their whole house. Um, it's amazing how they were actually was able to take that and, and turn it into a billion dollar business because that was actually created by black people. Um, during, during the Jim Crow era, black people wasn't allowed to stay in hotels. Um, so we had to rent out rooms in people's houses um, when we were traveling. If you look at that movie called 23 about um, um, the baseball player that played for the Dodgers, I think his name was Jackie Robinson. He wasn't able, when he was traveling, he couldn't stay with the team. The hotel wouldn't allow the whole team in just because he was with them. So what they had to do is they had to make other accommodations elsewhere just for him while the rest of the, the baseball team uh, stayed at the hotel because it was the it was the Jim Crow era. Uh, we weren't allowed to eat at the, uh, share the same bathrooms and drink from the same water fountains. So that whole concept actually came from something that was very, um, very disappointing um, when it came to um, the American culture at that time. So we we had to create this um, this uh, house sharing and, and room rentals just for, for us so that we would actually have a place to stay, to travel. And now it's a multi-billion dollar business. I, I just find that to be um, amazing. <laughs> a multi-billion billion dollar business that most of us really, uh, uh, people in our culture, we just don't benefit from the um the revenue sharing side of it <laughs> yeah it's it's really challenging actually talking about that um I just uh I was in Hawaii and actually right back here I have this little tag but and it's amazing like how I felt so welcomed right because I did stay in a home shared um it was a hostel in that case and when I talked to the woman she was a native Hawaiian and then she said you know, she kind of interviewed me, like, why are you staying here, you know, and who you work for, and, and she saw me with my little carry-on, and she said, oh, okay, you're staying 10 days, and you only brought this little bag, I'm like, yeah, we just need bikinis, you know, I'll be at the beach and hiking, <laughs> but she said, she looked at me, she's like, why are you staying here, and that question to me was like, wow, why would I not stay here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, I gave it back to her and asked her and it became, we became, you know, acquaintances. and, you know, she was always on the lookout for me after, you know, my, my hikes and I would come in the end of the, the evening back and, and, you know, tell her all of the amazing places and spots that I, I visited. But, you know, I think there is this, um, you know, for me also being a solo traveler lately, um, it's a lot of, uh, different eyes right like when people look at you and like oh wow you're traveling all the way here from DC by yourself I'm like yep I wanted to come and enjoy myself and hike away so here I am you know what's wrong with that so it's definitely 
you know, something that I take into consideration and I observe a lot. Now, do you have like a fun story as a traveler also, you know, or that the location that you visited wasn't so welcoming or, you know, when you arrived, it like you didn't feel that was, you know, a nice, uh, diverse and welcoming culture? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, when, when we went to, me and my wife went to Mexico, um, we had a really hard time finding good food, uh, I guess, because of Can it's Cancun and their, I guess their, their, their food tastes kind of, kind of uh, uh, drifts towards tourists. And we needed, so we wanted something, we wanted the real deal. We wanted something authentic. Uh, so we, what we had to do is we had to go to like the hood. <laughs> <laughs> we had to go to the hood to get some, um, some decent Mexican food. Um, of course they knew we weren't from there, <laughs> but, uh, but they still was able to, uh, get us some food. And of course we left the extra tip uh, for, uh, making sure they took care of us and, um, and we didn't get shot, which is good. You know, <laughs> oh my God. When, when you see, when you see police uh, walking around with AK-47s, you're like, do I need an AK-47? <laughs> well, sounds like you went to, you had a challenging time, but you know, next time you go to Mexico and Cancun especially, let me know. I know a few people that, you know, I felt really welcoming and actually I even know a cantina. I'll, I'll give you the, the, the information for next time. All right. Fantastic. Fantastic. Next time, we're just going to bring you with us and you're going to hold the AK-47. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Yes. Good luck with that one. <laughs> okay, the translator. <laughs> but hey, you know, I think Cancun and, you know, all of the uh, Central American and Hispanic cultures, it, everywhere is different, right? And one thing for me, also, you know, even going to Brazil, I was just there in um, last month. Um and it's a fun story. Like you want to act like you belong, right? So yeah. even in, in the hotel aspects too, I've stayed um, in a local brand, you know, it wasn't a fancy one or an American brand because I'm like, well, you know, I want to make sure I support the locals um, and I can act like one, right? Because I speak the language, I'm from there. However, they know that I... I'm not like uh, from Rio, right? Like the way I dress or the way I speak and so on. So I always try to find as well on my travels, you know, a diverse place, right? I read the reviews and I'll make sure, you know, I see uh, what people are saying about the folks, right? Because that's yeah. what hospitality is about. It's the experience that you have with the desk agents, right? At the restaurant and, you know, how you move around in that particular city. Um, but I also, Bruce, I wanted to hear from you. What are on the plans for, you know, the MJ of hospitality for 2023? 2023, we're, we're probably uh, getting a couple more management contracts. Um, I've been getting a, I've been getting a, a lot of hotels that, of course, uh, are in trouble, and um, it takes a lot of work to to, to turn those properties around. Uh, we're we're still going to be uh, launching season four probably either next month or the month after that of hotel management do's and don'ts. I know everybody's been waiting for that. And uh, right now I have a, a front desk log book that's available on, uh, on Amazon. It's called the Hotel Front Desk Log. 
and uh, it's a buy a Bruce Jordan and it's a dated logbook to track like your your cash drawer, uh, shift notes, housekeeping notes. This way you don't have a million sticky notes all over the place. And uh, our book is coming out this year called uh, the Hotel Revenue Bible. That'll be out in a couple of months as well. So we got wow. we got a lot going on here. <laughs> exciting, exciting. So why are you going to shoot the season four? Because I know the listeners are really curious to hear that. Well, we already got season four shot. It's just uh, we have to go ahead and take care of the, the production side of it, which is very, very time consuming. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's why it's been taking so long to finish season uh, season four. Um, but it should be out uh, within the next couple of months. So, Excellent. Excellent. Wow. That's amazing. A lot of fun uh, stuff going this year ahead. And what would you say, Bruce, if you want um, to give a little bit of, you know, thoughts on um, diversity for the newcomers, right? The new generation of hoteliers that are listening to us. Um, if they are Blacks, if they are Hispanics and Latinos, what would you recommend? What would you be your two cents? My my two cents would be look at the top first. Before you join a company, you need to look at the top and see if you see yourself there. It's easy to go through an open window versus breaking a glass ceiling. Wow. Wow. Philosophy here. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Bruce, for your time today. It's been a pleasure, of course. Um, you have my number. Let me know when you are in Washington, D.C. I would love to catch up and, you know, take you out for coffee. Oh, will do. Will do. Thank you. And I appreciate you guys listening. Have a great day. All right. You too.